This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. The Jackson County Legislature defied County Executive Frank White last week to put the sales tax that supports the stadiums of the Royals and Chiefs on the April 2nd ballot. But two legislators remained by White's side on his veto. They were 3rd District at-large legislator Megan Marshall and 2024 Chairwoman Jeannie Lauer. They visit with Up to Date now to explain why they took the stands they did. Jeannie Lauer, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Thank you. Megan Marshall's here in the studio with me. Megan, good to have you as well. Good morning. Thank you. So the two of you opposed placing the $0.38 cent sales tax on the April ballot. I'm wondering why. Jeannie, you're the chairwoman, so I'll begin with you. Well, first of all, the uh, ballot language is very vague. It does not include the specificity of the, of the plan as to how the monies are going to be used. It doesn't include uh, the location of where the stadium would be. And it doesn't include the, the uh, particulars as to how that the monies would even um, occur in, in Jackson County. Uh, they must remain in Jackson County, but there's nothing in the plan uh, that's been even revealed as to how they would be used in the county. So it's, it's very vague. And without those, those missing pieces in there, I'm concerned that the voters are going to be voting for something that they're not going to have a full picture of. So, Jeannie, bottom line, you're saying there were too many unanswered questions here. That's correct. Megan Marshall, what was your thinking on this thing? Well, in addition to what uh, Chairman Lauer just said, uh, there was no legal commitments from the teams in order to solidify a lot of these unanswered questions. Uh, So a lot of the things that we are waiting to get answers on uh, when you talk about community benefits agreements and things like that. Everything is very vague right now. And so for me, I wanted some type of legal assurance that the county would have something to hold the teams accountable for. Now, what would you say for those who might argue, hey, you don't have those uh, details today, uh, Megan, but maybe in a, w- within a week or two or three, you will long before voters go to the, to the ballot, uh, to, to the polling places in April to cast their opinions on this thing? Well, I believe to put it on the ballot without having those things as a lawmaker is irresponsible. Um, We've already seen one deadline come and go with the Royals uh, saying they would announce their location in September. Um, And now there's a new deadline of the end of February. Um, And so my confidence is just not there that these things would be put into place, because keep in mind for the uh, election in April, it cost the county a million, uh, $1.5 million to even have it on the ballot. So to spend that money and not have answers, it just seems irresponsible. You know, a few days before the vote, uh, Jeannie, it appeared that Frank White had the votes to keep his veto in place and put off a public vote on the $0.38 cent sales tax. But two votes flipped at the end of the day, those of Jalen Anderson and Sean Smith. In your view, you're the chairwoman. What happened here? Well, I can't speak for them, but it appears as though 
in the conversations that they had with the teams, they received the information they felt was was uh, important enough for them to be able to switch their vote, that they were comfortable enough with the information that it was okay for them to to feel that it was that it was uh, going to be appropriate for for this to go to the voters. And I wanted to add on to what Legislator Mitchell said, uh, Marshall, I'm sorry, that um, early voting starts in February for absentee. So while we talk about the April voters, there are many voters who will, will be voting early that will not have that information. You know, uh, Chairwoman Lauer, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that might have been placed on those two legislators, again, Jalen Anderson and Sean Smith, because the teams were, they felt it was so important to get this issue on the April ballot. Any sense of what that pressure looked like uh, during those days leading up to that final vote? I know there was an extreme amount of pressure put on Legislator Anderson uh, from a variety of directions. Uh, to the point where it can affect you physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, and it's unfortunate uh, internally as well where there was pressure put on. And it's unfortunate that that happens where you feel as though you have to um, consider all the outside sources and at the same time represent the citizens of your, of your district, which he is at large. Jeannie, did you experience some of that pressure yourself? No, I can say that I did not. I've served in the state as a state uh, representative, and I practiced early on that I don't bow to that. And so I generally do not have that sort of pressure put on me. Megan, did you experience that kind of pressure? Uh, not so much. Um, I would say, well, being in the Marine Corps 20 years, there's 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 a different definition to pressure. Um, and so was there a lot of information coming at us from all different directions? Sure. Um, I think in, in those moments, though, as a leader, because it's very easy to make comfort based decisions yeah. when things are just kind of going on all around you. Um, but I think the the difficult thing is to really just stand on principle and if you don't know things that you need to know before you make a decision, then you need to say that um, and just stand on principle. And like like uh, Jeannie said, and not bow to the pressure. You know, I we mentioned the, the pressure to get this vote before the public in April to ensure. And one reason was to ensure that the Missouri General Assembly would have time to pass the state share of the funding package for both stadiums. But I interviewed Governor Mike Parson last week on this program, and he said it was doubtful that the legislature would have time now to pass the state's portion of the funding package this session. Jeannie Lauer, what do you make of that? Well, he presented his budget in the State of the State address, and there's certainly no money earmarked in there for that. And quite frankly, this is an election year where there's not going to be a lot going on as far as passage of legislation. Uh, And considering the dysfunction going on at the Capitol, you're not going to see a lot of productive Um, action going on down there. We have a lot of sound bites for those who are going to be running for elected office, but not a lot of of efficiency and uh, productivity in getting things done for the taxpayers. And the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, we do have two baseball teams in the state. And so if it were me, I would certainly 
want to make sure what I did for one, I would be doing for the other. Hmm. If the state funding isn't approved this year, Jeannie, what does that mean for the future of this project? How does it affect it? Well, they certainly have a lease until for, through seven years uh, currently at the locations that they have. So the April uh, ballot language is not a a, a, a showstopper. Uh, we have continued time in August, November, and even later elections to put this on the ballot. We'll be right back. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute. Okay, well, Megan Marshall, before the vote last Monday, the teams did sign a letter of intent that the Jackson County Sports Complex Authority had adopted. The document outlines terms for the two teams' future with the county. To what extent did that document settle concerns that you're laying out here today that you have about the team's commitment to Jackson County going forward? Well, the teams have, neither one of the teams have ever said uh, publicly or to the county that if the uh, April election didn't go in their favor, that they would leave Jackson County. They've never said that. Um, and so I think a lot of the pressure, which you mentioned earlier, was the fear of the teams leaving if we didn't do something soon. But the letter of intent going into last uh, Monday's meeting, the majority of that letter is under uh, is non-binding. So that just means that the team can change their mind and back out without any type of legal recourse. Um, the binding portions of that letter of intent are things that automatically would reset at the end of their current lease. So it's not really like they're being bound to it moving forward. They're just saying once the lease is up, then we'll not pursue that. Uh, for me, that just wasn't enough. I was going to say, as a legislator, it sounds like to me, you're looking for firm commitments from the teams, what the teams would do if, in fact, the public signs off on this Absolutely. 3 cents sales tax And I think election. we should be asking that because the, the tax is projected to bring in $2 billion from our taxpayers over the next 40 years, which is a long time within, in and of itself. Um, and when you have things like they, they were, uh, the teams were counting on uh, financial commitments from the state and from the city of Kansas City. And one question that I had was, well, what happens if those financial commitments fall through? Mm. Then what? And then what do we tell our, our, our taxpayers who have already approved the tax? Right. I was going to ask you, Jean, Jeannie, what do you need to have in hand before uh, putting this issue before the voters? What What's important for you? Well, as Megan said, I think we need a, a lease agreement, which has which is binding and would spell out the terms of what the plan is, how the monies are going to be used, where it's, the stadium is going to be, and things along that nature. Uh, it's this vagueness. I, I would ask um, any individual if if you had this lack of information, would you would you buy a property or would you make a business deal not knowing these things? And the answer I get is generally no. Hmm. So I I think it is a matter of just having the information and educating the, the taxpayers on what that is in order for them to achieve the uh, passage of the ballot language. I was going to say, Jeannie, in the past, signed leases were always in place before a public vote. Do I have that right? That's correct. Yeah. Is there any doubt in your mind that signed leases will be in place before the public goes to vote in April? 
I have doubt in my mind uh, because the negotiations are slow. Uh, it appears as though the teams have somewhat uh, halted any kinds of discussion at this point. It doesn't mean it couldn't be done. Uh, I think it, there is a willingness on the county's part to do that. And I would hope there would be on the teams as well. So in order to educate the public again and the taxpayers, it would be necessary to have that. You know, Megan, I'm wondering about this next issue um, I'm going to ask about here and whether it's something of a sleeper issue or not. Frank White has said he wants a commitment from the Chiefs to keep its training facilities and headquarters in Jackson County. The Chiefs appear reluctant to give that commitment. How important is that issue to you? Uh, It is important uh, to the extent of being concerned on taxpayer dollars going outside of our county. Right. So that is where my concern comes in uh, uh, with that. Um, I would say an, an overarching concern, though, with the entire process is the the uh, the unknown of where a new baseball stadium would be. Um, I mean, we don't know yet that yet, do we? Don't, we? we don't. We know um, ideas of where they're eyeing to go, but nothing uh, concrete. And again, voters will be casting votes. Uh, before that announcement is supposedly supposed to be made. Um, and a lot of questions that I get or statements I get from constituents is that, uh, why do we need a new stadium? Hmm. You know, there's reports out there that show that the current Kauffman Stadium is in world-class condition um, and there is no need for a new stadium. So that's a huge question. What do you know about why the Royals uh, haven't announced yet where the location is going to be? They promised that information several months ago. Why haven't we heard? That's a great question. That was one of my questions as well. Um, if I had to probably assume, I would say um, if, if, you know, going downtown, you're looking at locations where there's already businesses there, there's already individuals there. So when you talk about reconfiguring a community, moving businesses and displacement and all of those things, uh, perhaps that could be maybe why the reluctancy of a location. But again, these are all things that are kind of up in the air. We don't know. The Royals haven't explained that to the legislature as to why there's been a delay here. Do I hear that correctly? Yeah. Jeannie, also missing as of today is a community benefits agreement. Workers uh, rights groups in town are pushing for this because it will guarantee living wages for stadium workers and affordable housing in the area. How important is that agreement in your mind? I think it's important as well, along with the other issues that we've been talking about, uh, the individuals who are going to be working on these projects want to to have the confidence that they're going to be able to work at at an acceptable wage and have the benefits that are commensurate with it. It's uh, critical that we're not going to be lowballing these workers and not providing the appropriate pay as as outlined in in uh, labor standards. Okay. So all in all here, are the two of you of the mindset that the teams, are they not bargaining in good faith here, Megan? How, how would you describe it? Uh, I don't have confidence that that's happening. Uh, negotiations are slow at best. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reluctancy for transparency in ideas and plans that they're wanting to do, that they want our taxpayers to pay for, is just not there. So my confidence is very, very low. I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, these things will fall into place. Uh, but again, we're up against the clock like never before from a, a self-imposed, you know, deadline from the team standpoint. Right. But my confidence is not there. Jeannie, do you think the teams are bargaining in, in good faith? 
I think they've been bargaining with a variety of people and to see who they can get the best deal from. They've been bargaining to some degree with the county, but minimally. And they've been bargaining with individual legislators, uh, with sports authority, uh, with other entities as well. And when you have that sort of uh, diversity in the negotiations that are going on, there really is no guardian of what the information is and and what the elements are. And so with that going on, it's hard to really understand and to keep track of what the, the uh, issues are that are being addressed. I want to ask you one final point, Jeannie. To what extent has Frank White, as county executive, lost leverage now that a public vote has been scheduled? Is that a concern of yours? I think he still has leverage. Uh, even though the, the veto was overridden, uh, there still is, again, this seven-year lease uh, for the stadiums, and there's plenty of time for the negotiation to continue. And the fact that, the, let's say, the $0.38 cent sales tax does pass uh, before the, the teams can get any money, there has to be a plan. And the the elements uh, explained and outlined as to how the monies are going to be used. Otherwise, the money would not be distributed. Okay, that's Jeannie Lauer. She's the chairwoman of the Jackson County Legislature. She was also joined by another legislator, Megan Marshall. The two of them voted against putting that 3.8 cent sales tax on the April ballot. Megan, Jeannie, thanks for coming in today. I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancard, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive.